Hello, you're listening to the Raphael Letters. My name is Gabriel Dantes, and as always, I'll be reading a letter from the Archangel Raphael to a guardian angel named Shariel, who's protecting a young woman named Sarah. Today, in Raphael Letter number five, the Archangel is revealing the luminous way. This road has five stages, which will lead to Sarah's true end which is Christ and the fulfillment of her unique mission. After the letter, we'll read through the meditation questions to help us better internalize the spiritual truths contained within the letter. Stay tuned on Sundays for new episodes, and be sure to click the follow button to not miss out. Click the link in the show notes, www.gmdantes.com forward slash the Raphael letters to read the entire letter and follow along. And while you're on my website, I also encourage you to take a look at my children's book series called Ari's Adventures. You can get the first few chapters of that book for free on my website. Hope you enjoy them. Now, without further ado, let us read Raphael Letter Number 5, The Luminous Way. Most Beloved Shariel For your sake, I am sorry to hear that Sarah is struggling to remain focused in prayer. Though be comforted, my sister, for this struggling is a normal development on her journey towards becoming more like Christ. In fact, I see the hand of Christ in this, for this is a symptom of the first stage of the Luminous Way, which I mentioned to you in my last letter. It seems that Christ wishes you to know of this journey for the sake of your dear sister Sarah. The road is the same one that Hosea's wife traveled in returning to him, and the same road that Israel took in returning to the Lord. The road begins when a child of God first turns from a life of sin to a life of prayer and conversion. The Luminous Way has five stages, and by them you may hope to lead Sarah to reach her unique mission and her particular beatitude on earth. Let us progress through each of them. First, Sarah will begin her journey learning how to pray. This first stage is often the most difficult, since it sometimes takes a while to come to know the voice of the Good Shepherd, who calls to his sheep by name and leads them out. John 10.3 The reason is because they have grown accustomed to hearing the voice of the enemy who speaks horribly to them, saying things like, You'll never be good. Or, You are useless and pathetic. Or, No one really loves you. When at last Sarah sits still, these voices will berate her like a storm. She will want to distract herself from them, but she must wait through the storm. Hosea called this period a wilderness, Hosea 2.14, for there seems to be a deadening silence. She may feel that Christ is asleep and not speaking to her, but he is merely waiting for her to offer her heart to him to then speak peace to these nagging voices. Try to inspire her to open her arms and wait for Christ to work. Inspire her with the simple words, Jesus 
Give me your peace. Then when all is silent, he at last will speak. Then slowly he will teach her to hear and recognize his voice. This will lead to the second stage, which is to many a period of great comfort. As he did with Israel, he, quote, will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. Hosea 2.14 When the enemy speaks, Christ will begin to respond to those lies, healing her in the very depths of her soul. He will speak to the shame-ridden memories that haunt her. He will heal her of those wounds, and the wounds inflicted by her own sins. Once he is able to heal her of her wounds, and she is able to silence the other voices, he leads her to the third stage of leading her to her unique mission. He will, quote, make the valley of Achor a door of hope, Hosea 2.15. For he will lead her to understand and see this path that he is calling her to live. By this she will grow in love, in virtue, and in faithfulness. Only once she has silenced those voices can he lead her to this stage. Trying to see her unique mission without finishing the second stage of healing would be like looking through a foggy mirror of herself, as the fog of her own struggles dissipates, and as she looks into the eyes of her beloved she will begin to see herself through the mirror of his eyes. She will see herself as he sees her, and he will reveal who she is and what he is calling her to become. As she begins this journey in pursuit of her unique mission, and it becomes clear, she will then begin to see all of the little sins, imperfections, and the attachments that prevent her from progressing. This is the fourth stage. For, quote, I will remove the names of the Baals from her mouth, and they shall be mentioned by name no more. Hosea 2.17 The Lord will lead Sarah in beginning to see her faults. Certainly she will see her faults before this, but this time, her faults will become more clear, and she will understand how her sins are preventing her from pursuing her unique mission. For instance, let's say that it is a woman's call to be a musician. Before understanding her unique mission, and before receiving healing from her past, she might understand that she probably shouldn't spend so much time watching television. But after she realizes her mission, she will recognize how her imperfections in that moment are preventing her from answering the call that she has received. She will at last comprehend the consequences of her sins. Though Sarah will likely never fully be free of her attachments, at this point Christ will begin to remove the major obstacles towards her progression. As she removes her attachments, 
she will begin to rely upon him alone. Or rather, she will begin to rely upon him, and she will slowly begin to realize how silly her attachments are. She will begin to realize that everything that she thought would bring her joy, in fact led her to great frustration, anxiety, and emptiness. Then, one by one, she will surrender all the things in her life that are preventing her from being entirely his. Prayer at last will become her singular joy and not a duty. When finally she lets go of her attachments and realizes only Christ can satisfy her deepest longings, it is then that Christ does something very surprising. He gives her back everything that she surrendered to him. He gives her the desires of her heart. This is, of course, the fifth and final stage. Quote, And in that day, says the Lord, I will respond to the heavens, and they shall respond to the earth. And the earth shall answer the grain, and wine, and oil. Hosea 2, 21-22 Everything God once took away, he will return. For instance, I once knew a young woman who wanted so desperately to be married that she would secretly pursue every Christian young man who crossed her path. For a long time, she was so focused on that goal that she couldn't see the plain truth, which is so obvious to us angels, that she was holding up marriage as her idol. It wasn't until after many years of frustrating, romantic pursuits that she realized she was trying to fill a hole in her heart, which only Christ could fill. At last, she was able to let it go. At last, she found peace. It thoroughly surprised her, then, that Christ, very soon after this, allowed her to meet her future spouse. And after meeting, the couple began a remarkable love. It was a painful journey for her to reach that point, but I'm glad she persisted in abandoning her heart to Christ. For I foresee what may have happened if they would have met earlier. If she would have met her future husband earlier, she would have turned him into an idol that would never fully satisfy her soul. She would become resentful of him for not fulfilling her desires, and he would become resentful of her for turning him into an object to satisfy her own vain desires. Neither one of them would realize this, though, and slowly her disordered desire would have consumed them both. I give him glory, then, that she did turn her face to Christ, and she did relinquish her desires. And when they married, and she truly put Christ first, she could at last delight in the other things of her life. The words of Christ thus ring true. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Matthew 6 Thirty-three. Once she put her 
love for Christ in the center of her heart. It was as if the sun had descended into her chest, illuminating with joy and peace every other good desire in her heart. This fifth stage is one of such intense joy and peace because the person's heart is at last ordered towards its perfect end. Even if there might be great suffering, like that of Mary's suffering at the foot of the cross, still there will be a true peace that the world cannot give. And God will bless that suffering in ways that we cannot imagine. If Mary did not let Christ go on the cross, she could not have then received John and every other Christian as her spiritual child. And when any child is born anew, quote, of water and the Spirit, John 3, 5, there is no one who rejoices more over their birth than the mother of Christ. If you wish for Sarah to become like Mary and experience great joy and fruitfulness in her life, lead her down this luminous way. Though it may be that a human might return to a previous stage, if this should happen to Sarah, try to remind her what she has learned, illuminating those memories in prayer. In any case, I will pray for you, dear sister, and for Sarah, that she might stay to the path and advance further in achieving her true end, which is Christ himself. Servant of his healing spirit, Raphael. I hope you enjoyed this letter titled, The Luminous Way. In it, we learned about the five stages to reach our unique mission. First, we must silence our hearts and learn how to pray. Second, we must let Christ heal us by allowing him to speak to our wounds. Third, he begins to reveal ourselves to us in our unique mission. Fourth, we must let go of our attachments. And fifth, at last, we can receive all that Christ has to give us. The point of these letters is to bring some spiritual awareness to what is going on around us, to help us enter more fully into these letters and their unique themes. I've composed the following meditation questions, which you can find in the show notes. I'll encourage you to write down your answers to these questions in a notebook to help you engage in them. I recognize that not everyone has the time or freedom to do that. So if that's the case, then as you listen, I recommend paying particular attention to your answers. Perhaps say them out loud, if you are alone, or repeat them to yourself in your mind. The purpose of this is in order to create greater awareness of our guardian angels throughout the day and week, that we might do what St. Paul encouraged us to do. Pray without ceasing. Let us reflect on those questions. What is a spiritual reality that I am now more aware of, having read this letter? What is something I wish I could say to my guardian angel right now?
Is there something specifically I could thank them for? What is a struggle that I wish my guardian angel could help me more with? Guardian angel, can you help me more with this, please? Please pray for me on my behalf that God's grace might be poured into me to aid me with this. Looking at this letter, what behaviors might I have to change? Or what sins do I need to repent of? What are the common voices or lies that come up which distract us in prayer? The lies might sound similar to the following. I am unlovable. I am pathetic. I am stupid. I am ugly. I can't do anything right. The enemy will craft your lies uniquely to you. Let us take a moment to reflect on our lies. After that, we will renounce the lie in exchange for the truth. At this time, we are going to renounce the lies that we have come to believe. I will give an example and then ask you to renounce your lie. In Jesus' holy name, I renounce the lie that I am stupid. Then we will replace that lie with the truth. In Jesus' holy name, I accept the truth that I am brilliant. Or if that is difficult to accept, then I might say I accept the truth that I have been made with a mind and a heart that has insight into the world around me. Okay, now I'll let you renounce your own lies. I'm going to start the sentence and you're going to finish it. So, in Jesus' holy name, I renounce the lie that... Now, we will replace that lie with the truth. This might take a minute for you to formulate. Feel free to pause the audio if you need more time to formulate it. In Jesus' holy name, I accept the truth that... Let's do this with two other lies. In Jesus' holy name, I renounce the lie that... In Jesus' holy name, I accept the truth that... Okay, let's renounce one more lie. In Jesus' holy name, 
I renounce the lie that Jesus' holy name, I accept the truth that Feel free to pause the audio and continue renouncing lies if it is helpful. But now, let's wrap up in a final prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for freeing us from these lies. Guardian Angel, thank you for interceding us before God. Help us to hear your voice and grow in greater intimacy with you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, who in your unfathomable providence are pleased to send your holy angels to guard us, hear our supplication as we cry out to you, that we may always be defended by their protection and rejoice eternally in their company. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, ever this day be at my side, to light, to guard, to rule, to guide. Amen.